the benefits of the greenhouse gas monitoring infrastructure, which we try to implement now, is that first, the stakeholders, the parties to Paris Agreement, do need information which is globally consistent. And we can develop this information with this new infrastructure. Second is that we need to understand what happens with the climate system to support the mitigation. And the understanding of the global fluxes will help you with that. So it's not just anthropogenic emissions, but what your forests are doing, what the ocean is doing. We need this information to support our mitigations because we have no time to lose. So how do you expect stakeholders will use this tool? Stakeholder community is pretty broad. It's coming from the policymaking to the applications of different economic sectors. We would like those stakeholders to work with WMO so that we can develop the tools which will address their particular need through the tailoring of the outputs of the global system. In global weather forecasting, there are several producing centers which produce global weather forecasts, which is then tailored by the specialized agencies for the specific application for agriculture, for aeronautical applications, and the other potential applications. With the greenhouse gas monitoring infrastructure, we want to do the same pathway. So we wanted to have the basic layer of the information, which is enabling creation of additional services for the specific user communities. Who are the different stakeholders of this initiative? Who is involved in these discussions? We are discussing it, for example, with the UNFCCC, which is the United Nations Convention on Climate Change. We've been proposing the system for implementation at the last meeting of the parties in Charmi Cheikh, and there was a lot of the support for this initiative. These are the national governments who need to get better information about their emissions and uptakes because they take nationally determined contribution. They need to know what is their baseline, where do I start? And they need also to understand, if I implement a particular policy, can I expect to see the result of the policy in the atmosphere? Because this is where the impact on climate happens. So the convention itself, the stakeholders on a national scale, but also the specific sectors, for example, land use, land cover sector, forestry sector, agricultural sector, so those stakeholders who would need this information. And on the part of the research community, there is a, a huge research community, but it's not all done by the atmospheric community. So we talk with the United Nations Environmental Program because they are running similar programs related to methane, for example. We are talking with FIO, which is a food and agriculture organization, which is working, again, on the agricultural practices and land management practices as an implementing partner. We are talking to the Oceanographic Commission of UNESCO, who is working on the ocean, and they are looking at the ocean, because we need to put all the pieces together, atmosphere, ocean, biosphere, and work together with this organization. We plan to have a high-level consultation with the heads of those agencies, to make sure that the strategy is uniformly implemented across the United Nations agencies and the other potential implementing partners. So definitely a multi-agency approach, but governments, I'm sure, have the last word here. And what do governments need to do now in order for this to become a reality, to have this global system be operational? To make the system operational, all the governments need to put further efforts on the development of the observational network. But what is most critical is that we need to have an agreement on the data exchange. 
the World Meteorological Congress adopted a new resolution on the unified data policy, which actually calls for the open exchange of information, including information on the environmental variables like greenhouse gases. So the international exchange of information will be extremely critical if we wanted to move forward with our models. There are many more data streams which are there and which are not being used that can improve our knowledge substantially. But also, we need to have a general support of the member countries to this initiative. And that's the reason why we conduct this symposium. So we actually verify the model or the concept with the export community, and we get the input from the export community, who will be the implementers at the end of the day. And we will bring the concept to the decision of the WMO Congress, which happens in May this year. So we will articulate the value of this initiative and get the buy-in from the permanent representatives of different countries within WMO towards this activity. Um, Fingers crossed we will be successful. There is, as I said, there is a lot of momentum. There is a lot of need. There are, I mean, in general, there is a quite strong support to this activity. It's been called upon by Guterres at the previous meeting of the parties to get this information out and make it available. So if countries agree in May to work on this together, when do you expect the system to be functioning? If the countries agree to work on this initiative together, we would need to make several steps, like develop the potential financial mechanisms to support the implementation, get the agreement with the implementing partners, consult with the other UN agencies, and put some elements in place. In practice, we can have the prototyping probably by the next global stock take. So there are prototype systems which are available. And if we get all the agreements in place, probably in the next five years, they could be something already available for everybody. Today, multilateralism continues to be under fire. What makes you believe that the international community can still come together to share information, to share technology, advance our common knowledge about greenhouse gas emissions and mitigate climate change? I'm very optimistic about the potential to mitigate climate change because of the several reasons. First, we do have a successful implementation of international convention. If we look at Montreal Protocol and Vienna Convention, which was working on the ozone layer, there is a success story. We can do those things if we want to. Second, science is there. The scientific community is ready to provide us information. The science products are available. So even if the worst case scenario, that's not adopted at the international level, the scientific products are openly available The data from most of the scientific projects and activities are openly shared and they are available for those who need those data and who want to take decisions based on those data. So I'm also optimistic is that if you use the best science, which is available, and the best technology, which is available, and we're offering that, you can avoid a lot of risks and a lot of mistakes on the way. So given that we are very tight on when we need to take actions, I'm convinced that most of the governments will look at the most advanced information which is available for them to take right decisions and during the right times.